It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. Dirk, uh, good show lined up for everybody today as uh, we are going to talk a couple of headlines, recap the results from the Circuit of Americas. Then we're going to uh, sit down with John Orlowski Jr. of the Good Old Time Racing Association in turn number two. And then turn number three, Caden Dirks, driver of the number two sport modified throughout the area, is going to join us. Both of those interviews recorded, boy, it seems like an eternity ago, back at the World of Wheels Car Show which uh, got off our friends over at Red Oak Fabrication helped us out with all those interviews. So still getting through those. I think we've got, yeah, we got two more next week. Actually, we wrap up all of our interviews next week. That finally concludes all the, what, 20-some interviews we did? Something like that. So are we going to go back and do the 2019 and 2018 ones, or are we just... I think we're going to start scheduling drivers again. I've had a couple of people reach out after we've had some interviews and like, Hey, how do I get on your guys' show? And I'm like, Hey, all you got to do is ask. And it's a check. That's, <laughs> That's what I need to start saying, huh? <laughs> and it's a check. So I'd like to start charging some like obscure amount, like 13 cents. <laughs> we're not going to make budget with a that, minute. but it'll help. A minute. <laughs> 13 cents a minute. 13 cents a minute. Would you like How to accept you the collect call? call? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, this week, John Orlowski of the Good Old Time Racing Association, Caden Dirks. Then at turn number four, we're going to come back. We're going to get you set for the longest race on the NASCAR circuit, time-wise, and one that you could thoroughly – I think you could probably get two naps in before the, the action really actually got interesting. The Coca-Cola well, 600 Sunday at, uh, at, at Charlotte. Nobody naps during this one because nobody works on Monday. Oh, yeah, but I nap hardcore because I'm usually up early for Memorial Day services. So about yeah. the time the race is going on, it's an evening race, right? It starts at like four. Yeah, it starts and goes through the twilight. It starts in the day and ends in the dark. Yeah. Sunday at six o'clock Eastern, so five o'clock Central time. So it'll be getting over at about 11 o'clock Sunday night. I mean, that's I it's just yellow we got. Oh, and it's the it's your favorite. It's your favorite four stage race. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully they'll have a need for rain tires. Well, yeah, because we we had enough fun with that this weekend, didn't we? Yes, we didn't. All right, that's that was a fun experiment. Now let's get rid of it. You know, I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just glad that you actually don't know what CODA stands for. I do. Circuit of the Americas. No, it stands for Circus of the Americas. Oh. <laughs> That had potential to be a good race because once again, it was a road course race. And yeah, it, listen, I, you know, do you want to just get into talking about the coat, the, the, the race or, or should we, do we do headline? What do you want to do first? Cause we got a couple of headlines we can talk about, but we can just trash on the codas if you want to. Well, I like trashing on the codas cause that was the stupidest thing I've, <laughs> I've been through with NASCAR in, you know, all my days. That That's even worse than, than racing at Indy with the pothole. Where did we race it with the pothole? Was that Daytona? Pothole. I'm not sure of a pothole. I remember Martinsville came apart once in 2004. I was working that race. You know what? Maybe it was the all-star race. I remember there was a chunk of, of, of the speedway that came up, took out, 
put a huge hole, I want to say, in Jeff Gordon's car. And this was, was on lap one. That was 2004 at Martinsville. Was it? I was thinking it was Charlotte because the, they let all the all the teams go to their backup cars. Any team, I guess I should say all, they let any team that was, that had damage from that accident go to a backup car. Yeah, you got me lost. I don't have any idea what you're talking about now. Hmm. It's not the first time that's happened. That's correct. Probably not going to be the last. Uh, anyways, correct. I guess let's go ahead with your thoughts on on the Circuit of Americas, and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and explain to you how you're wrong. 3,400-pound cars with 10.5-inch tires, even with some grooves in them, are not meant to race in the rain. Everybody keeps saying, one, one thing, Formula One, end of story. Formula One car weighs 1,400 pounds and has three foot wide tires. There's a huge difference. Don't compare a watermelon to a cherry, you know. I mean, you're not even close to apples to apples on that comparison. You know, there's a reason that they haven't raced on rain for years in and years out. Now they're trying an experiment because the TV station, which happened to be Fox this time, is pissed off and doesn't want to move races to Monday Mm -hmm. and have to preempt all their other programming because they don't have anything except an old race that they can shove in on Sunday. So NASCAR is getting twice their money, you know, for just one race. And that's the fact. Everything in this sport, you know it, I know it. Anybody with half a brain knows is money driven. You know, I mean, the teams. I don't doubt that, but I don't agree with it a thousand, a hundred percent. I think there are quite a few things that are for the future driven and for safety driven, but money. Obviously racing in the rain wasn't safety driven. That's for damn sure. Well, it, again, you know, it. I think it. We we've known this was coming for a while. NASCAR has tested rain tires. God, I want to say two years, but one, again, I I just want to stress that 2020 took a real toll on my sense of of time, which was already strained as it was. But I want to say that NASCAR there was a possibility in 2019 that there was going to be rain at a racetrack, so they had Goodyear had brought some rain tires with them they ran they ran rain tires at daytona just last year it's nothing it's not new new right but relatively speaking with one or two races that they've tried this experiment you know how are they supposed to know how hard it's going to rain they can't predict that yeah yeah I, i think that like they've done with some things they tried something different they because there has probably been more often than not races that it was a light rain and they could have gotten the race in on, on race day rather than waiting until Monday because it just continued to lightly rain all day. Anyways, I think this was something that they tried to do. And quite frankly, they got it wrong. And Steve Miller of NASCAR admitted it. He said, having to do it over again, we probably would have done something. We probably would have done it different. But that's just something they tried. And, and again, I'll always applaud NASCAR for trying something. This time, it, it failed miserably. They should have finished it. Well, I, no, I disagree with that because they, it was raining so hard that they were they, at that point in time, they probably realized we've gone a little bit too far. We just need to call this thing and, and let it be done it, rather they than had, they had three hours of daylight left. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't dark except for the clouds and it rained for 20 more minutes. They should have been able to see that on the radar and they should have been able to stay red for a half an hour, run the air Titans around the track for a lap and go race. Do you think it only would have taken one lap? Yeah, they had 18 of them and, and, and half yeah. the track's only 10 foot wide. Yeah. That track's yeah, not I, made for stock cars. I don't know. It, it NASCAR's not immortal to bad decisions. This was one of them. But again, I, I still give them credit because they tried something different. 
they've they've now got you know what's the old um i guess what am i trying to say here the you learn more by your mistakes than you do by your victories and i think they learned a lot this time they learned a ton of information from what they did wrong and and what they need to do next different next time we'll see if the rain tires ever come out oh they will personally nascar's not going to give up after just one little fiasco like yeah they're going to need several personally (laughs) i like how you put that Personally, I think I, I'm not a fan of this. I, and, and again, this, this comes from my connection with other sports, not my connection, but my thought process with other sports, the NFL tried a few years ago to do the Super Bowl in an outdoor, uh, in an outdoor stadium. And I don't like that idea. I want the biggest football game in the world each year to be performed on pristine conditions. I want it to come down to the athletes, just like I want races to come down to the drivers. I don't want it to come down to a caution, to a penalty, to a DQ, to whatever. I want it to come down to driver, a driver, mano y mano. And that's what I want NASCAR to be like. And I'm, I, I don't like the idea of racing in rain because some drivers are going to be able to handle a little bit differently. I would prefer them not racing in rain because I, I think that it detracts from the excitement of the sport when you've got to slow yeah. down to half your speeds or, or do whatever. But some could argue that it adds more to the driver that they've got to know their braking points, exactly how to brake, how, when to turn, how to turn, how to adjust your car, how to change your style, how to change everything. But that's just the way I guess uh, it's just why I thought my thought. Yeah, I, I just think the rain racing is stupid and the story. I, I don't think these cars are designed to, uh, again, with, with the skinny tire and a heavy car, they're not designed to be on a wet surface. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. NASCAR stuck by that for years years that's exactly what they said well now all of a sudden the tv program or programmers are wanting them to try this and try that and uh they caved well they got to i mean you talked about it they and we, we talked about it a thousand times in a different situation nascar lost all scheduling negotiation when they didn't own any of the racetracks on the circuit and then they went out and bought isc and now they've got a little bit more of a negotiating power and now they're bringing on the the sheer thought of bringing on new race tracks is putting more in their bargaining power. I thought for years, the big mistake they did was that they let other people own the racetracks. Well, because well, you're trying, you're trying to separate NASCAR and ISC. They have the same board of directors. They are one company. Now, technically they've but, but, merged. But they're all, not so one company. One was listed as ISC and the other one was listed as NASCAR. While they may have this. had the same influence, they are two different. They were two different companies. They were the same board of directors for both companies. You're, you're acting okay. like there was no way in connection. They were totally connected. In essence, NASCAR owned all those tracks. Now, legally, they own all those tracks. So we're getting, a little bit, we're, getting a little, we're getting a little sidetracked here. I, well, I think that, again, you know, it's what NASCAR has to bow a little bit to the networks because, like you talked about, there's so much money coming in from them. If NASCAR was to be hardcore – and, and say, screw you guys, we're going to do what we want to do. They may not have a broadcast partner at some point in time, which to be honest yeah, with you, and I think you and I both agree with this point, I don't think that would be much of a loss if Fox went away. No, now, and NASCAR, NASCAR could turn around and start their own broadcast company. They got plenty of money. So let's talk about that real quick, because I've, I've often wondered about that. We've seen the, the spike, and now we're seeing the recession of networks. You know, the there used to be ESPN, which had just ESPN, which had all this network. Then there was Fox sports. Now there's Fox sports two, there's Fox sports three, there's 
you know, NBC is going or NBCSN is going away. We've, we saw the expansion of all the sports networks and now we're seeing a retraction because they're figuring out that it costs a ton of money to put these things on all the people you got to have all the, all the work you got to put into it. It's just not worth the juice, but I wonder if NASCAR couldn't do a streaming service of their own, you know, like this, like one of the, you know, I got, we've got Netflix and Hulu at the house. And, and I've often thought about down getting this thing called curiosity stream. It's like three 99 a month and it's all scientific stuff. It's all discovery uh, documentaries. It's what the history channel and the discovery channel used to be. I wonder if NASCAR couldn't charge like five 99 a month, be like flow racing and be like uh, speed shift and, 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 and Lucas oil TV, except, you know, don't be quite as big a crooks as Lucas oil TV is. I wonder if they couldn't start their own network like that. They could charge five ninety nine a week, and they they get their money. But, but the the drawback that I've seen of that is that still to this day, a majority of NASCAR's fan base isn't the streaming fans. My dad likes NASCAR. He would never watch NASCAR if I had to go to his house and help him hook up NASCAR dot NASCAR streaming TV or whatever. He'd be just be done with it. So I think you would lose a considerable amount of people where you're seeing about a million to, to million and a half viewers a week for these races. Maybe it spikes to two, maybe it drops to 750,000, but roughly around a million to a million two each week for these races. I wonder what that would drop to if, if you went to a younger demographic friendly service. Well, the younger demographic isn't driving the sport at all. That's one of the big issues. That's why they're trying you know, that's why they tried to, uh, you know, they're trying to make these cars look more like the car on the street and stuff mm-hmm. like that. These kids now, they want to sit in front of a PlayStation and they don't care about watching the sport on TV. You know, mm-hmm. your sports are down across the board in high school. Sport participation is way down. And it's a fact, you know, I'm not, I'm not stating something that, I, you know, you can't read and look up. The patient is down. And I personally blame it on video games. But, you know, yeah. if you're a parent, and you're more than happy with your kids sitting in front of that TV instead of being out and playing a sport, then, you know, raise your kid that way. That's fine. I'm not going to, I don't have any kids. I'm not going to tell anybody, you know, that they need to raise them one way or another. I disagree with that on on a, and and again, I'm a gamer, so I disagree with that because playing Madden on PlayStation made me for the first time in my life, want to be a football player and playing NASCAR races made me want to go be a NASCAR driver. And now doing iRacing, I want to go be a dirt track driver, but well, how many I, years I, of football did you play? Well, I was out of high school. I, so it, it didn't matter. Ah. There was no, I mean, I could go and sign up for the Iowa Western football. No, that wasn't even around when I was in college, but it, I, I didn't want to play for Red Oak football because it, quite frankly, it was terrible. The coaching staff was horrible. It was not something I was appeal. I was appealing to. And I, I'm not, that, I wasn't that athletic. I wouldn't have been that good, but I, I just, I disagree with it because I think that, I think that, the video games are a cheap way of putting the experience in, a, in somebody's hands. And, and there are plenty of NFL players today that, that got experience or love playing Madden. But them playing Madden didn't interfere with them getting into the game. I, I think there's a far more things that have factored into the decline in sports. But I just wonder how, how successful NASCAR would be. I think there's going to be a day where NASCAR is going to have to do it, quite frankly. Well, and honestly, I, think- I, I hope it comes soon because... I'm going to tell you guys the truth. I haven't watched a Fox sports broadcast in since the beginning of the season. Cause I can't stand those guys when it's race oh, day. I, I turn my phone on. I put my earphones in, I go outside and work and I listen to MRN, but 
Foxes is farthest I, I, I from like what Clint I'm Boyer. interested in. I like Clint Boyer. I can stomach Jeff Gordon. Mike Joy needs to retire. He's used up. Yeah, and I mean, I, I like Clint. I like Clint's excitement, his new experience. But one thing that just this is just me talking. I I cannot stand it when the conversation is about when Clint is talking about him, and and it's about look what I did, look what I've done. I don't. I've never been the limelight kind of a person. I cannot stand it when somebody says. Oh my God, look what I do. You and I have had these private conversations. You know, the three people, the people that irritate me the most because they are their biggest fan. And I can't stand that. I get it that it works, especially in today's media. It works. Sometimes Clint is his biggest fan. Sometimes Jeff is his biggest fan. I'm not necessarily saying that's a negative because I'm recording in my basement and they're on Fox. (laughs) I hear you. You know, I, like I said, I, I like Boyer. Um, I do get what you're saying about, look what I did, but usually when he gets into that mode, they ask him, how did you handle this yeah. situation? What did you do in this situation? That's usually when he goes there. You know, I will tell you, I was listening to the pre-race. I was watching the pre-race on Fox or I was watching something. I can't, maybe it was, it was race hub, but anyways, he said the most important thing when it comes to racing a road course is don't surprise the car. Don't break too early. Don't break too hard. Don't turn too sharp. Don't jerk the wheel. Don't surprise the car. And that made a ton of sense to me. He was able to break it down to where I, that makes a ton of sense. And it's a simple theory. It's a simple statement. Don't surprise the car. And, and, and um, so I give him a ton of credit for that. Cause I, that was one of the first times I listened to Clinton. I thought, okay, that that's a really good point. All right. So yeah. circuit of America, are you excited about them going back next year? If they go back next year? No, I don't. I just soon never see that track again. Really? I want to see I just, it. I want to see it on a bright design, Sunday. It's not designed for a stock car. Mm-hmm. It's just not. It's designed for something a lot more nimble. The S's that were so tight and, and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Several close to hairpin turns, not quite, but, you know, a, an apex that, came, that went more than 90 degrees, you know, 105, 110 degree, you know, not a 180. Um just some of that stuff. They spent most of their time in first gear. You know, I, I, to me, that's not racing, you know, let's get the damn car up in third and fourth gear and let's go. That's yeah. what I like about Watkins Glen. Even when you're going through the S's up there, you're in third gear, mm-hmm. you know, you're really moving. According to Adam Stern, FS1 earned 2.3 million viewers for Sunday's race at the circuit circus of the Americas. Yeah, they learned they earned it because it was going to, you know, people thought it was going to rain. So they were going to get sea rain tires, which they did. And because it was a new venue, I would like to see them go back and, and on a nice sunny day. And I want to see a race in normal NASCAR conditions. And I want to see what happens there. I want to see that. And then I want to decide after that. And then I want them to drop it off the schedule and go to Iowa Speedway. But you know what they say? Wish in one hand. Yeah, well, I mean, supposedly they're going to have the new track in California to run next year. You know, they took California off the speedway and they're supposed to be making a West Coast Bristol. We'll yeah, see what happens trip. out of that. Yeah, you know? that's I, I I don't know. I kind of hope that works for them. But then again, I don't because I want them to go to Iowa and not California. But whatever. <laughs> well, I bet the teams would rather go to Iowa. I think, have to travel. Yeah, I think the teams would. I But I get NASCAR's theory on that and, and they've never said it but this is just what you and i are surmising they they'll probably pull more money and more viewers if they're in the net if they're in the california market than if they're in the iowa market no which, no they'll pull more actual people viewers are going to view that's tv 
Okay. Well, how many does how many does Auto Club hold? Probably a hundred thousand, seventy thousand. Oh, that I right off the top of my head, I don't know. And especially if they're going to reconfigure it, I have no idea what it's going to hold. Current layout is one hundred and twenty-two thousand. So yeah, even if they pull thirty percent, and they've only got to pull thirty or forty percent in order for them to pull more more fans than available. I was got to sell out. Right. That's what, that's what I was getting to is if they, if they pull 30 or 40%, that's capacity for Iowa. That's sold out crowd and NASCAR hasn't, well, I guess NASCAR here's sell out at the end of the season, but. Oh, NASCAR's first race at Iowa Speedway sold uh, 150% capacity plus they had temporary stands in there. They only had 40,000 seating. They sold 60 some odd thousand tickets. Mm-hmm. They put it in temporary bleachers. They had people all over the berms sitting in the grass and uh, one and four and, yeah, but like we incredible. talked about, the 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 Midwest community did not support Xfinity Series, even though the race was the races were phenomenal, and they didn't support the Truck Series. So NASCAR's got nothing to go off of to say, "Hey, let's risk everything and go to Iowa Speedway." Exactly. It's it's a tough truth. All right, uh, let's do one more news topic. This is the big one that that hit the uh, the the wires. Do we still call them wires, or do we call do we? Is there a different term now? Um, I don't know. There's a one of the news outlets is called the Daily Wire, so I guess okay. it's still a wire. All right, we're calling it the wire. Uh, Eddie DeHaunt, the crew member, the uh, excuse me, the spotter for Chase Elliott and the number nine team at Hendrick Motorsports, has been indefinitely suspended by NASCAR and been suspended by his team Hendrick Motorsports for this is kind of. I'm going to tell you, it's a little bit of a confusing situation. Looks like Eddie DeHaunt was was involved in an incident assaulting a woman in battery against an unborn child. So she was pregnant, and the allegations is that that he assaulted her. According to a Hickory, North Carolina Police Department website, the haunt, who is 62, was arrested on May 12th. On the North Carolina Judicial's Branch website, DeHaunt is scheduled for two court appearances, one on June 7th for battery of an unborn child and one on June 30th for assault of a woman. Looks like he didn't divulge to anybody that he was arrested, including Hendrick Motorsports, who in another statement, Hendrick says, we became aware of the situation this morning. This was today. Uh, Excuse me. This was on Wednesday. We became aware of the situation this morning and have immediately and indefinitely suspended Mr. DeHaunt's role with our company. We are taking this matter very seriously. We will continue to seek additional information about the alleged incident. Then uh, let's see. So then NASCAR suspended him and I didn't realize this in the rule book, but NASCAR couldn't suspend somebody for simply being arrested or charged of any criminal violation that breaks their statute of member conduct. So I've always been a proponent of don't fire the guy until, you know, it's, it's innocent until proven guilty in our judicial system. It is not that way in our social system, but it is that way in our judicial system Let's not fire the guy until we find out if he's guilty or not. Well, according to NASCAR's rule book, they can fire him if he's in violation of the, uh, if he's simply arrested for the situation. Well, NASCAR is not his employer, so they're not firing him. uh, You're right. Uh, Yeah, I I worded that a little bit wrong, but you're right. Yeah. Okay. They are suspending him. And it's just, it it just goes back. It's just kind of a repeat of the Kurt Busch deal from several years ago. Exactly. Exactly. When he was charged with domestic violence with uh what was her name i don't know that she just got just got some prison time because all her fraud stuff finally went to uh yeah went to court yeah she turned uh, out to be a great great person anyways 
Eddie DeHunt is kind of facing a similar situation. Sounds like I'm just going to, unless we want to get into this deeper, I'm just going to kind of nutshell this real quick. There was an issue with the jet ski rental. He wanted his money back. The employee disagreed with him and he got physical and now there's some charges. Now, the part that I was confused about is that it seems like there may be two different assault situations, but it could just be the poorly worded article that I'm reading. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to make heads or tails from that article, and I I would think if he supposedly assaulted this unborn child, if that was a separate assault, there would have been another assault on a different lady. Yeah. So I'm thinking it was one woman, but just like any type of a police deal like this they're going to charge them with everything they possibly can and throw it against the wall and see what sticks right you know when you go out and you get and i'm talking 100 from experience here when you go out and get a dwi you're going to get six or seven tickets <laughs> the and then if they're going to try to make as much money off you as possible well no if they get you for the dwi everything else falls away because you know, i was drunk i didn't know what i was doing mm-hmm. you know so everything else gets thrown out Oh, okay. Unless, unless you killed somebody in an accident, then that's a little bit different deal. But I'm talking from experience. I, I had two DWIs back in the 80s, long time ago. And uh, I know how that part works. And that's how I think this is working. But it's, if he actually, you know, got physical with a pregnant woman, you know, I, I never realized there was such a charge like that, you know. So, and, and you wouldn't think they would, they would, child. you don't think they would charge it as two separate deals? So, well, even they have though he put, if he pushed one person, who happened to be pregnant, he gets assault on that person, and then he gets assault and battery towards an unborn child. But I would think they would charge him in in the same case, not have him come in for two different trials. Well, he's not going in for two different trials, obviously. They aren't even close to going to trial yet. It's probably just his first court appearance. Yeah, you're right. It's scheduled for two court appearances, June 7th, battery of an unborn child, and June 30th, assault of a woman. So what my guess is, is that the way they sit in the statutes one's probably just a misdemeanor and one's probably a felony yeah so here is where i was confused let me let me do this again it was the jayski article uh bob pockers fox sports bob pockers is reporting that the haunts case stems from a september 7th 2020 it's an argument over a jet ski rental where an employee alleged dehaunt made contact with them then a criminal summons for assault on a female was issued in September towards DeHaunt. The assault case has been postponed multiple times. The warrant for for arrest for battery towards an unborn child was issued two weeks ago. Does that make things any clearer or, I'm, or am I still just confused? Well, no, it's it's definitely confusing. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. That's and, nothing. And, and to be honest with you, I mean, the assault of an unborn child deal being, you know, that far... Um, removed from the original incident i just wonder if it wasn't just a verbal assault you know hey i'm gonna you know that's battery so that he would actually have to have hit her oh yeah okay so he's suspended and by the way the indefinite suspension there is no other type of suspension from nascar to my understanding indefinite just basically gives them legal terms to say we'll let you come back on our terms and once he's served his penalty, I would I would bet if if he ends up being found guilty, he's done in NASCAR. Yeah. But if well, he, they, if he's end up being exonerated and nothing happened and no charges and no court case, yada yada yada, he'll be reinstated 
He'll be reinstated by NASCAR. Whether or not he'll be rehired by Hendrick Motorsports is a whole different deal. Yeah. Well, there are other suspensions by NASCAR, by the way, because they suspend crew chiefs every now and then for a race, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they're not Very indefinitely true. suspended. How did, I, how did I not make that connection? Uh, well, you are from Iowa. Stop so. it. <laughs> Stop it. But no, there, um, like I said, there are other types of suspensions by NASCAR, but this one is the one they use when it's national news. That the word I want. I mean, serious stuff, big time stuff. I don't know what, how to put it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that he is absolutely for his eternal life. In fact, I don't even know if there's anybody that's banned from NASCAR for life. Mm. Jay, uh, who was it? Who's the the guy that did math? Um, the only guy I can think that would have been would be Jeremy Jeremy Mayfield. That's it. He is still technically under indefinite suspension because he hasn't completed his road to recovery per NASCAR. But well, then again, he, him and his effed up else. state will say that he has completed his road to, to recovery, but NASCAR won't let him back in because he made fun of Brian France. <laughs> yeah, so did everybody Seriously. else. I mean, I made no, I fun know. of Brian France. Well, yeah, but you got fired from NASCAR. So, well, I guess I should no. say that you you left NASCAR. Yeah, you I just quit. didn't get a promotion that you were due you were due and promised. Promised twice. I gave, I bit my tongue the first time, but not the second. So. Had you made fun of Brian France prior to the to? Had you everybody made, made fun of Brian <laughs> France? Everybody every day at the racetrack. Still, the- with nobody in that guy's <laughs> corner you my favorite news story we've ever read on this show was when brian france sued the fake brian france twitter account and that account was hilarious absolutely on point anyways all right let's take a quick break we're going to come back uh who we talking to today i already talked about it once but i forgot john Uh, olonsky from from the good old time racing association and then intern number three caden dirks driver of the number two sport modified throughout the area is going to join us Turn four, we'll come back. We'll get you set for Sunday's race at Charlotte, the Coca-Cola 600. Oh, we'll also get you set for some actually good racing on Sunday, which would be the Charlie Clark Memorial at I-80 Speedway. Hang I tight. We'll going to say the Indy 500. No. <laughs> Although I do prefer that race over the Coca-Cola 600. I think the Coca-Cola 600 sits fourth in my rankings of races that day. Yeah, I don't think it's in my top 10. That's a good point. We're going to take a break. We'll be back on the front stretch. Red Oak Fabrication in Red Oak, Iowa is changing the powder coating game. Drivers and teams have overpaid for good work for far too long. Get to Red Oak Fabrication and get quality powder coating at an affordable price. A brand new bare frame gets done for $450. Plus the turnaround time, days, not weeks. Get your free estimate today. Email Jordan F at RedOakFabrication.com. See what Red Oak Fabrication can do for you today on their Facebook page or at Red Oak fabrication.com Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. 